Welcome to your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential, the weekly web show and podcast that explores relationships and wellness, featuring in-depth interviews with acclaimed authors, wellness experts, health influencers, and spiritual leaders so that you can create a relationship and life you love. And now your host, Andrea Corella. Hello everyone, Andrea Corella here, and you are listening to episode two of Your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential. Today, we are going to be talking about real men and real style and how you men out there can really accentuate your style and take it to the next level. Now, many of you know I lived in Europe, specifically in Italy, for several years, and I really appreciated the dress and style of every man I saw walking down the street because it demonstrated that they really valued themselves and exuded that care in their personal and professional interactions with others. There is such care and attention paid to style and appearance, whether it was at work or at play. Now, today on our show, we have Antonio Centeno, a CEO of Real Men, Real Style. He is very talented. He's a very talented educator on men's apparel, and my fiancé and I have watched several of his YouTube videos and podcasts, not only because he's very clear, concise, and engaging, but also because he provides such easy and practical tips that the average man can apply to their daily functional lives. Today, he will be sharing with us the basic rules of style so you can take more pride in your appearance and really experience the benefits not only to your self-esteem, but also to your interpersonal relationships by using these simple and easy strategies. Welcome, Antonio. I am so excited to have you on today. Andrea, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Now, what inspires you to enter into men's style, and why is this focus such a passion of yours? Well, I first entered because I saw opportunity. I was a student in business school, and I ordered a few custom suits, realized that, and I had gone through this process before, and I realized how painful it was to find a well-fitted suit, especially in the United States. And before that, when I was living in Kiev, so I've lived abroad as well, and my wife is Ukrainian. So it was something when we were getting married, I couldn't find a good suit then. So this was a pain that reoccurred. And in business school, they feed you with, I guess, the enthusiasm that you can go out and change the world and start anything. And that's what I thought I was going to do with my first company, a tailored suit. Now, Real Men Real Style came out of a tailored suit as the marketing arm because I realized I needed to get more traffic to my website. I didn't feel I I had a style guide. It was actually bringing quite a bit of traffic to my website, but I wanted something that I could continuously update and I could experiment with find more ways to reach people. I was at the time blogging with the art of manliness and I saw the traffic and I saw the potential and the reach that Brett got over at the art of manliness. So he, I talked to him about it. He said, sure, you know, you already write great stuff for me. You should go off and start your own blog. And that's what I did with Real Men Real Style. Now it's its own business and interactive site with video, podcasts, and over a thousand articles. Now, I know you incorporate self-care, personal style, and dress standards in your own life. And I remember you mentioning in one of your uh, messages that you also do this to send a very important message to your children and in your partnership, in your relationship. So what do you believe is so important about style and dress to a man's identity as an individual, as a husband, and as a father? All right. Well, Andrea, that's a great question. And the way I tell men, I mean... We like to say what we, you know, we post it on Facebook, we post it out there on Pinterest, what is important to us. We like these like little quotes and everything. But if you look at your bank account and you look at your scheduler, honestly, that's what's a priority to you. 
And for most of us, we'd like to believe it's our family. We may profess it's our family, but is it really our family? I have three solid examples of why I think it's important for a man in a relationship, a father, a husband, why it's important for us, especially, you know, men. Now, now this applies to women as well, but I find that it's the men that oftentimes we're, we're a little bit behind here. And the three reasons I give are number one, you want to maintain the mutual attraction. Number two, you want to set the proper example for your kids or for those around you who are looking up to you. Could be a younger cousin if you don't have kids. Could be a little brother. And to be able to show them why this matters. And number three, the way clothing affects the way we behave. All right. So number one, mutual attraction. Now, initially when we met our uh, significant other or our spouse, it was something that probably physical attraction had a lot to do with it. I know that I asked my wife to marry me within 48 hours of meeting her. Wow. And, yeah, I and you know it worked out but you know you could say that there wasn't probably a whole and her English skills weren't super great, my Russian skills were horrible. So as much as I would like to believe it was a logical decision, no, it wasn't. It was completely emotional and I'm happy to say to this day over gosh we met in 2001 so it's 2014. So 13 years later I am still attracted to this woman. Mm -hmm. And physical attraction is incredibly important. And you want your wife to be attracted to you. You want to be attracted to your wife. So one of the things I think is we get comfortable in a relationship and we start to dress down, we start to do things around the other person that maybe we wouldn't have normally done when we were dating. And I think maintaining a sharp physical appearance, even if our bodies, you know, aren't necessarily the way they were a decade ago, we can definitely put our best foot forward. And it's the little things. It's, I, you know, if I'm out with my wife and I see other men actually checking her out, I have to say I get a little bit, you know, uh, of protective, but it's, it's a little bit of a stimulant that, hey, I'm still married to a woman that's incredibly attractive. After, you know, having three children, I still think she's the most beautiful woman in the world. And that is something that is reinforced. It, you know, the, the physical part is just a part of it. I mean, of course, there are many other things but it's a great thing. I know for her, she likes to see me in a nice pair of jeans. Women are naturally attracted to a to a man's buttocks. I mean, that's just the way it is. Right. And biology. Uh, you know, exactly. And you want to be able to be able to build up your chest to show that you still have it. But yeah, I, I so that is the number one reason. Maintaining that flame, that mutual attractiveness between the couples. Now, number two is setting a positive example for your kids. And this can be, you know, maybe for, for your nieces, your nephews, if you don't have kids yet, but those that look up to you. And I've got three young children. My son is nine, my daughter's five, my other daughter is two. And it's one of those things that I notice as they get older, they stop listening for some reason. They like to do their own thing. But my son does pay attention to what I do. So I think for, for those that look up to you, and they don't, they're not necessarily kids, they look at what you're doing, not necessarily what you're saying. And when you send a positive example that you care about your appearances, that these little details matter, whether it be in your appearance, whether it be in the way that you know you carry yourself and you speak with others, they pick up on those. Right. And the last one is behavior. So number three, there is tons of research out there in the field of, you know, what is it, the cognitive Psychology? Yeah, cognitive psychology came out, came out of the stacks earlier today. I was reading a research paper just about how they have shown that what we wear has an effect on the way we behave. Tons of research done over at Northwestern University, a few, quite a few other schools throughout the U.S. where 
they show that what we put on has an effect. I mean, think about it. If guys are playing sports and you go out on a football field or a soccer field, and if you're not wearing the right clothing, if you don't have shin pads on, if you don't have you know the right shorts, if, if a soccer player went onto a field dressed as a ballerina, now he has all the physical assets that he needs to go out there and play an amazing game. But if Ronaldo goes out there like that, everyone's just going to think this is a, what, what in the world is going on. And he is psychologically going to be affected by what he's wearing. And so if, you know, we see this whenever we see a doctor, we blindly trust them. We don't ask a doctor, what school did you go to? What was your GPA? How good really are you? Did you go to school offshore and, you know, you just came back to the U.S.? We don't ask those questions. We assume because of the way they're dressed, there's a level of authority. And so when you come back to your relationship, why it matters, because whenever you dress a certain manner, you dress like a gentleman, you're more likely to behave like a gentleman. If you dress like, so you're more likely to Let's say when you're going out, you're more likely to hold open doors for it. You're more likely to engage in a conversation to perhaps keep it a little bit more muted. Even though you may have a disagreement, it doesn't turn into a shouting match because that would actually violate the way that you're dressed and presenting yourself. And you're like, okay, you know, let's cool down. So number three, it affects your behavior. Number two, sets a great example for your kids. And number one, the mutual attraction. Excellent. And I was thinking, actually, as you were talking, that Bill Maher, he recently had a message where he said, you know, here's the image of America today that the world sees. However, in the 1940s, there's a different image of what America looked like, you know, dressed in a more sophisticated, elegant way. And really, that message is sent not only with our internal circle, but also as a nation and then in the global society. So I think really this extends even to that degree as well. So another question that I have is a lot of men that I work with, maybe they say, I'm very busy, can't really dedicate the time to investing in my self-care or my, my style or, you know, the waste of money, or I don't know really where to start, or maybe feeling down or low self-esteem. So what are some of the benefits that you see in moving through some of those internal barriers that maybe a man puts in front of him from taking his style to the next level and really investing in himself and his self-care? We're really good at that, about creating barriers where there aren't any. And when a man says that he doesn't have time, what he's really saying is he doesn't, it's not a priority, that it really doesn't matter to him. Because we say that with quite a lot of things, but we yet we find time to sit down and watch television. In fact, on average, I think the average American walks, watches about three hours of television a day. We find time to, uh, you know, to get lost in Facebook and, you know, comment and have arguments on the web that lead to nothing. So we do you know, when it comes down to it, you can carve out time. And I've got the same 24 hours as any other man. Bill Gates has the same 24 hours. Warren Buffett has the same 24 hours. We all have the same 24 hours. But it's a matter of saying, you know, this is a priority. And nobody just has the time. We've all got to make it. We've got to carve it out. We've got to say, I am going to stop doing this or I'm going to make a sacrifice. I'm going to get up a little bit earlier. I'm going to go to bed a little bit earlier. And I'm going to make this happen. We are going to have to cut uh, good opportunities to pursue amazing ones. But I think most guys have things that they can cut off, things that they can free up a bit of time to start. And the first thing I tell, because if you care, you will find a way. When a man is hungry, he doesn't think, 
oh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I can make it to the fridge or I don't know if I can jump in my car because it's so dangerous to drive down to, to Hardee's or, 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 or to my favorite sushi place or wherever he wants to go. No, he doesn't care. I mean, if it's snowing outside, he throws on the boots, he finds a way, he feeds himself because it matters and it's something that he's conditioned himself to doing. So when it comes to caring about your personal presentation, it's something that has to matter to you. And then it's something that needs, you need to do it enough times that it becomes a habit. That when you don't brush your hair, when you don't shave your neck every two weeks, when you don't go to the barber once a month, when your clothing doesn't fit you, you actually feel kind of strange putting it on or wearing it. And that's a, you know, these are incremental improvements that you can make. And I've got entire courses that I run guys through who can't seem to get through it. Other guys, I find some of them have enough self-discipline. Other guys can just go out there and read a book. But what I do recommend is first making the commitment and really, you know, buckling down and realizing why you've got to give a damn about this. So that's my number one thing is that they've got to face it up and they've got to say this is important. Right. I think oftentimes men and women, you know, it's really important for us to fill our own cup and really take care of our our well-being, uh, whether it be mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, you know, as well as externally, so that we really do feel good about ourselves and that we can show up in this life and show up in this world at our optimal level. And I think that that really carries through, that if we really start with ourselves, it really pours out and actually creates a ripple effect in our work life in our home life, and really that can have a huge impact and a huge benefit. What are the disadvantages for us individually? So if, a, if an individual man doesn't make this a priority or doesn't invest the Got time it. and energy, what are the disadvantages for him both personally, interpersonally, professionally? What are some of those disadvantages? I think one of my favorite studies of the site is a guy named David Hammermesh at the University of Texas, my alma mater, and he was in the economics department. He said basically a guy that if you are more attractive and if you use this to your advantage, you make on average about $232,000 more over your career. So wow. I'll say two hundred thirty-two grand right there, you know, that right there. So basically, I think the point of it, whether it's higher or lower, we're talking about a lot of money that you leave on the table because you do not send the right first impression. You miss opportunity. Luck is equal to preparation meeting opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's all about like if you don't do that preparation, it doesn't you're never gonna get that opportunity and you're always gonna feel like you're unlucky. Now, you could call this luck, but I was at New Media Expo a couple months ago, and I'm talking with Miss Mignon. She's uh, known as Grammar Girl. I was just calling. I'm just talking with Grammar Girl. Mm -hmm. And that uh, right comes up is Chris Brogan. And Chris Brogan, for you guys that don't know, he's a pretty big uh, guy online. He's been blogging for, for about a decade, maybe even longer. And he is considered one of the, the premier bloggers. Now, I knew who he was. and But it wasn't like we had friends in common. So And he was, a, he was a, one of the keynote speakers there at the event. And he just pops in, introduces himself. And I realize, you know, I've got 20 seconds to make an impression upon him. And so my impression usually goes, you know, with a firm handshake, looking him right in the eye. They immediately notice that I'm pretty well dressed for a conference that most people are not, even though I think they should be. And I give him, you know, talk to him quickly about, hey, my name's Antonio. You know, tell him about former Marine. I run a style blog where we help men dress better and use clothing to get what they want. And he looks at my business card and what he latched onto, 
he did last year. He was actually a big fan of the military, so that was a thumbs up. But the other one, he looked at my business card and he saw a business owner. And he had just started a magazine called Owner Mag. So as soon as he's heard my quick little pitch, he pulls me aside and we start talking for a few minutes. Next thing I know, I'm guest posting. Now, some people would consider that luck because if you look at the quality of the people I'm guest posting now with, it's really high. And I'm building relationships with a whole group of people that, yeah, you could say, oh, you just got lucky. Well, no, there was a lot of preparation. There was a lot of effort that went into that. And it just so happened that opportunity knocked and I was ready for it. Right. Absolutely. And it's really important to really know that if you've put some of those habits in place of representing yourself, of really showing up in your best way, then those opportunities you're ready for and it can convert into something very powerful and and beneficial long-term. So um, being intentional about this area of your life also has an incredible fruitfulness that can come from as a result of it. You don't just start to dress well. A lot of guys think, oh, I own a suit. I can dress nice. But dressing well actually takes practice because if you wear that suit only when you need to wear that suit once or twice a year, you're actually truly wearing a costume because you're not used to it. You probably don't even know everything about the suit. But when you start to wear a suit multiple times a week and you find that you just like putting it on because it it feels good, it makes you feel good when you get compliments all day, all of a sudden you start to own the suit and then opportunity starts to find you. We have people approach you who wouldn't, and and they're literally throwing opportunity your way because you look like you could fulfill what they imagine a successful person to be. Now, dressing in a sexy, sophisticated way can make you not only look good, but also feel good. What would you say are the 10 essential apparel pieces a man can't live without in their wardrobe? Or what particular categories do they need to look out for and know about so that certain clothing styles fit best on their body type? Well, I think that's the key thing. You know, Andrea, it's hard for me to just give a list of 10 items. I will say that every man needs to own a complete suit. Somebody's going to get married. Somebody's going to die. Something is going to happen. And a suit is a universal uniform that you can wear to a military parade. You could wear to a baptism. You can wear it to your sister's wedding. You can wear it out, uh, you know, a dark suit just with a white shirt out a night on the town in Vegas. Yet most men don't have one that fits them perfectly, that makes them feel like a million bucks. And with a suit, so I mean that the fabric of the material is made, I mean, that they were bought together and that they are made to go with each other. So if you actually have a sports jacket that's a different color from the trousers, that's called an odd jacket in trousers, and that's not a suit. You also want to have at least one white shirt that just is crisp, clean, and fits you perfectly. And with that, you want to make sure to have a pair of Oxford Balmorals. You can also have a pair of you know bluchers, although and what I they can go to my site and they can, or they can do a quick Google search on what I mean. But basically, really nice dress shoes. On average, good dress shoes are going to cost you three hundred dollars. For some guys, they're saying that's kind of cheap. Other guys are saying that's more money than I three times as much money as I've ever spent on a pair of shoes. Well. The reason good shoes cost that much is that they are made to be resold. They use quality materials, quality leather, and uh, yeah, you can expect to spend at least $300. Uh, A suit, now suits are one of those things that if it fits you right, if the fit is perfect, 
you can actually wear a $200 suit and it can look like a $2,000 suit. If the suit doesn't fit you, then all of a sudden, a $2,000 suit can look like a thrifted suit that was, you know, given, you know, that was worn by your older brother. And so focusing on the fit of the garment is incredibly important. Again, the fit with the shirt and that's also, it's also interesting. Uh, and they can go check out, they can look at, I've got a good infographic out there. It basically is how a suit should fit. And we talk about also how all of these points should look, but you want to look at the shoulders. You want to look at the fit in the chest. You want to look at the length of the jacket, the length of the sleeves. All of these are probably going to, they're going to probably be better served if they can look at the visual. It'll tell them in a matter of seconds. Right. But we'll you include want to make that sure. Link. We'll include that link in the show notes so that sounds can good. go there. And it's, but it's one of those things you want to make sure you have all of this, that it comes together. You want to make sure that you try it on at least once a year. You're looking for making sure moths haven't damaged it. If you haven't worn it, you're making sure that it still fits you because you may have gained 20 pounds. Again, you're just making sure it's, it's like a, we, a lot of us have got emergency first aid kits. Think of that with with your suit, especially if you don't wear it very often. It's your emergency go-to suit. You want the color to be charcoal gray or navy blue. Those are the two safest color. Now, if you've got really dark black hair, let's say you're of South Indian descent, or perhaps you're you're Irish and you've got really dark hair and you've got lighter skin, you could actually pull, could pull off a black, but I'm going to recommend a charcoal for most men. A medium gray, it will work in most situations. A navy blue is perfectly acceptable and very common as well here in the United States. Once you start getting into patterns, like pinstripes, all of a sudden it becomes more of a business attire and isn't as versatile. It's more memorable. Lighter colored suits, those are for the summer months and they're never formal. So light colored suits are truly never formal. They can be worn in some cases. You know, some people try to pull them off in a formal situation, but it's never actually correct. So that would be the one thing. And with the multiple items in there, uh, let me think what, what else with that I would say. I'm not going to recommend particular items, but I'm going to heart back on fit. So I recommend always three things to any man that goes through any of my courses. And if you've listened to any of my videos, you'll know fit, fabric, and style. So the number one thing with fit is you need to know the name of your tailor. And why I say that? Because if you don't know the name of your tailor, you obviously don't have one that you're going and seeing enough and you're not taking him enough clothing so that you actually get an introduction. And this is something that I recommend every man should have and find a tailor because when you wear clothing that fits, you were talking a little bit about what makes a man look sexy, what makes a man look attractive. It's when his natural masculine traits are accentuated by the jacket, which over the last couple hundred years has been designed to accentuate our chest, the size of our hands, the taper from our chest down to our torso to show the back curvature of the buttocks. All of these show and they make what appear to be a very strong male. And it doesn't matter if it's men or women. They want to be around a healthy, strong male. Men, because they want someone who's got their back, who, you know, this goes back to, I mean, we go back. This is biology. Of, Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. We go back tens of thousands of years. Do you want someone with a spear who is going to protect your back? Or do you want someone who literally you're scared is going to draw, you know, isn't going to be able to hold his ground? And if you are a female, do you want someone that's going to be able to protect you and your children or someone that is going to, uh, you know, not, not being able to pull his own weight? And it's subliminal. It's something that we can't even consciously, uh, you know, articulate what, what we're feeling here. 
It's but so automatic. It's, it's the reptilian part of our brain, the fight, exactly. flight, freeze response that's automatic and, and becomes activated. They did a show on, actually a documentary on sexual attraction and how our brains, are, our eyes are scanning and our brains are becoming activated and stimulated in certain areas of our, our brain, depending upon kind of the main body areas in men and women. So I think your suggestions of accentuating those areas, both for men and women, knowing what those body areas are, and then accentuates those most important parts of our, of our physique. I think I've seen this actually, and I think they're walking on a treadmill and it actually shows the men. And what's interesting is if a woman is watching a man, he will start to sway his shoulders a bit more. Absolutely. Now, if you think about it with a suit jacket, your shoulders grow by about an inch on average on each side. So all of a sudden the sway becomes even more easily noticeable. So from a distance, a woman can identify a man coming towards her because she sees the shoulder movement and the size of the shoulders. And based off that sway, and of course, that's not going to help. Don't I don't want some guy going into a nightclub and think, oh, Antonio told me just to go in and swing my shoulders. They're going to probably just, well, they may just think you're dancing. But, uh, but with the woman, it was the hips. Exactly. And, all, and it was men focusing on that. And we look at the size of the hip. We look at the ratio from the waist to the hip area. And that's why, you know, we, we are just drawn to certain shapes. Right. And any guy could attest. We, we are just, we're laser, we'll, we'll laser focus in on this. Right. And I think knowing that information can allow men to kind of focus on certain areas of, of their style and their physique and their appearance. And then women can accentuate those parts that we know biologically men are drawn to. And so these are some really interesting strategies and in how we can use clothes and style and hygiene to be able to maximize that. Whether we're single or, in this case, when we're married and we're in a relationship with somebody, how to maintain that through the years and over time so that it is maintains that freshness and that draw and that attractiveness in the long term of the relationship as it evolves. Exactly. And I've got a question for you, Andrew. Sure. Why do women wear high heels? I think because it uh, allows us to appear taller to actually allow, I guess, our muscle structure to to fall in a, in a certain way. Maybe it accentuates our hips or our buttocks area. You nailed it. It makes your legs look longer. It accentuates your buttocks. And overall, that it, pre, it gives us a more what is in current society to be a what we assume to be a more attractive, a more fertile look. And so for this, you know, and now our high heels, super comfortable. No, but, but, I, but women still wear it because they know that it works. They they know that this is something that they can slip into these and instantly they're a couple inches taller. All of a sudden they have a more, they have a different type of walk, which draws the men. When you walk in high heels, you sway your hips a bit more. Now for men, and, and this is going to one of the excuses I hear for guys. Well, I'm not used to wearing a sports jacket. I've no, I, I have a blazer, but I never wear it. Well, this is where practicing it with wearing it, actually, you're going to find that you actually enjoy wearing it. And it is one of those things. It's basically equivalent to high heels for women. When you throw on that jacket, people, wow, your chest looks like it's built up more. Your arms look larger. Your hands look larger. Your, you know, the, the body structure, you're actually, your, your waist looks, looks like you've lost 10 to 15 pounds. So, you know, whenever guys are uh, thinking that, you know, it's one of those things they can just throw on and instantly gives them a more masculine look. 
Right. Now, we're going to be wrapping up the show in a moment, but I do want to ask this last question. What are some main to-dos that you'd like our male audience listeners to, to do that they can easily implement and apply today and start incorporating some of those habits? Do you have some suggestions of tips that where men can get started and what would those immediate suggestions be? Well, really quick, I, I would say that you know one thing I will challenge men is to Stop, is to try to reframe dressing sharp with somehow not being masculine. If you look at the greatest warriors, I was in the Marine Corps and we cared about our appearance. In fact, look at the history of tons of pieces of clothing. And you'll find most of them come from the military. You know, whether it be the trench coat, whether it be the way, you know, the trousers are particularly cut a bit high, whether it be the blucher, the, the blucher dress shoe. All of this has a military heritage. And when you can look at it that way, when you understand that the boutonniere has a military background and then actually the flower is there to symbolize the uh, just how short and fragile life is, all of a sudden you aren't really concerned of what others are thinking because you know you're right. It isn't a matter of opinion. It's a matter of, hey, this is worn in this matter because it has historically worked as a very strong heritage. And in fact, I love wearing a scarf because... My great-great-grandfather, you know, was a World War I pilot, and it reminds me that this is what he used, a silk scarf, to prevent chafing on his neck. So mm-hmm. it really, you know, I love seeing guys understand that because by taking, you know, that little bit of action and then starting to wear it, all of a sudden they start feeling the rewards. So don't be afraid to lead. Go out there. Don't be afraid to be the best-dressed man in the room. Right. accept the compliments, say thank you for them. You even plan what you're going to say when people compliment you and then carry on like, you know, with whatever. I mean, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a banker, whether you are a, you know, a DJ, it's you, people have a vision of what a successful person in your profession is like. Make sure to live up to that and don't betray the expectation because when you do that, that's when all of a sudden you're going to have barriers pop up that you didn't expect. Right, right. No, it's true. I Speaking of scarves, I know one afternoon, uh, my fiance and I happened to be wearing a scarf and walking out of a breakfast shop and just everyone was looking at us. And my fiance said, honey, do you ever, do you ever think that, you know, when people look at us, it's like we're somebody special, you know? And I think that sometimes you get that feedback, you know, where people are kind of noticing maybe some of those simple things, like just having a, a basic scarf on and how that can draw attention and kind of draw this kind of clout or this respect maybe from others around you in, in society. So I, I think that it's definitely worth investing the time and energy to, to make this a priority in our lives, to feel good and to have a positive impact in our relationships as well. Andrea, I've got a question for you. When, when do you think we stop feeling special? Because I don't know. I mean, I look at my daughters and my son. I encourage them to be somebody special. And, and I think all of us are, are somebody special. We've all got something to give to this life. And don't be afraid to lead. Don't be afraid to shine. Absolutely. I think I think it's important for us to show up as our best selves because that actually has a ripple effect for our beneficial benefit to our society. So I do see that being a fruitful endeavor. And as far as when we do that, I you know, I think it's different for every person and I think it depends on the person. So I think just those habit of 
I think getting busy and using that as maybe an excuse and really saying, you know, I want to dedicate time to go to the gym or I want to dedicate time to go get a massage or get dressed and uh, in a very nice, sophisticated way. I think it takes time. And so making that a priority is is important. It's a choice that we make. And I guess we get consequences either way. So that's why I wanted to have you on today. So you can highlight how the benefits of this and how we men out there can integrate some of these strategies in very simple ways. So thank you so much, Antonio, for coming on today. So there you have it. I hope you found this podcast interesting as interesting and informative as I did. And to get access to the show notes and links mentioned in the show, go to truepotentialcounseling.com. And if you like this podcast, if you could please leave a review so I could have more impact and reach more people. It would really mean so much to me if you could take the time to visit truepotentialcounseling.com forward slash review, and it will take you directly to the iTunes page where you can easily leave a review. We have some amazing guests coming up, Lindsay Lewis, who is a happiness expert, and Nikita Chopra from Bella Life. Thank you, and we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Lovecast by True Potential at www.truepotentialcounseling.com. 